The Entrepreneur Adventure, giving entrepreneurs the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before. So you're an entrepreneur and you're focused on your business. You want to get the absolute best from it, right? That's what we're all going through. That's why you're listening to this podcast where you're tuning in to the right episode. I am Josh Melton, the Side Gig Prophet, joined by my co-host, very intelligent, serial CFO, Mr. Chad Brown. And we sit down with a long-term friend today who is a performance coach, Josh Matthews Morgan, to talk about you. Not your business to talk about you, because if you want to have a high-performance business, then you have to be a high performer first, right? Makes sense. We can do the math. So today we talk about the five drivers of high performance for you, the entrepreneur, and how you can kickstart your business into gear, baby. Make it go where you want it to go. So without further ado, here's the interview with Josh Matthews Morgan. So excited to have you in the studio today, Josh. Thanks for joining us. Awesome to be here. It's great. Here with my co-host, Mr. Chad Brown, who is just fired up about this episode. We've already been talking about it. We're going to go into the five drivers of high performance. I know I like high performance. You do too, right, Chad? I'm ready. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the cool thing, man, with the entrepreneur adventure. Like, you got to have people who are going to perform at a high level. Like, yeah. you're listening to this podcast. You want to perform at a higher level. That's why you're educating yourself. So tell us a little bit about your story. I know me and Chad have both in the past utilized your service. Chad's gone through, I think, a boot camp you guys did. Mm -hmm. I mean, you and I have known each other for years. We've had so many conversations yeah. Yeah. about high performance, limiting beliefs, things of that nature. But tell us how you got started in your business and what you're excited about with what you guys are doing now. Well, the way I got started was I was uh, living in Argentina at the time. I had no clue what I wanted to do in my life. I was uh, fresh off college. And my mom, who's my business partner, um, she brings all the credentials to it and the good looks and all that. So <laughs> she actually started the coaching company and uh, she said, I, I need a business partner. And, and, you know, everyone's telling me that I want someone who compliments me and, you know, the things that skills and aptitudes and that kind of thing. And uh, I just keep thinking about you. It's weird because you're my son. And I said, yeah, that is kind of weird, but, you know, <laughs> and she said, well, what do you think about, you know, partnering up? And I said, yeah, let's do it. Like, I didn't even think about it. It was one of those things where it just felt like the right thing, um, followed my intuition on it. And then, you know, long story short, we started off working with someone else's program. Um, and uh, it just wasn't our, it wasn't the ideal thing. We, 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 we wanted to have more control over the experience and coaching people. And um, we ended up developing our own process, which is what we'll talk about today, the five drivers of high performance. But um so, so yeah. question here: When y'all, when you all started out, were you doing one-on-one -on -one coaching? Were you doing classes? Was it online courses? Mostly one-on-one. One-on-one. Mostly one-on-one. Or entrepreneurs, business owners, yeah. that clientele. Primarily that clientele. We actually, we did a little pivot uh, for for a short period of time, uh, into co the college student market to try to teach them. Um, oh wow! And that was a very short period of time, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I realized like, wow, that's really not You're who like, we want to be working with. Performer in college. Yeah, it's we're like, well, there's forty thousand of them here in Athens, Georgia, so you know, yeah, right. So Good. you got to be able to market for something, but it was just not the right business model for us. So it's like, wait a minute, they don't care, and they're all broke. Right, so exactly. Yeah, their parents had to pay for it, and yeah, exactly. So, so question there too. Back up just a second. So you and your mom, uh, you're going to start one-on-one -on -one coaching with entrepreneurs, business owners. Once you pivot away from the college kids. Did you two see something that you're like, oh my God, entrepreneurs are failing in this area tremendously or entrepreneurs are doomed if we don't help them in this area? What what brought you into like wanting to do that or seeing the need? Was, was there some glaring thing entrepreneurs have in common that they're lacking or, or that they need? It, for us, it was less about what they were lacking uh, and it was more about who they were and how they uh, incorporated the training that we taught them. So. We just looked throughout, um, throughout about four years ago. We started nine years ago. So about four years ago, we said, who have been our favorite clients to work with, right? And who have been gotten the most results out of our coaching process? Because we sure. were still hadn't really niched down to like the entrepreneur business owner market yet. And we realized uh, we, we came up with like five to seven clients that were like, oh, man, these people just ran with it. And they, and they loved it. And they were all business owners and all entrepreneurs. And um, we saw, partly we saw a need for what we do because it's a really lonely experience to be an entrepreneur and there isn't really a good guidebook or training out there that's a formalized, you know, that actually teaches entrepreneurship. And so most of it's making shit up as you go. And hopefully I can say that, but You're good. making stuff up as you go and hoping, hoping it sticks. And, and um, 
we just knew there were certain key aspects of our training that they really needed in order to perform at a high level. So, um, and there's awesome. a satisfaction of like when you help the business owner, the, 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 the impact on the team and the broader impact of that too is really satisfying as well. So I do want to dive into what we're going to talk about today. So the five drivers of high performance. Now, transparency to our uh, podcast audience. We just had you speak on this today to our mm -hmm. local audience mm -hmm. through a leadership development group that we have here locally. And so we're getting the, you know, the, the repeat performance right here, right now, but with our chance to do live Q&A with you. Yeah. Yeah. So launch us into this, man, because me and Chad are both, we get excited about high performance, learning mm -hmm. how mm -hmm. we can get to the next level. I know for me right now, I'm, I'm pushing myself physically in ways that I haven't before, and it's fun. 100 so miles okay. in a month. That's a huge yeah. goal, dude. Run yeah, 100. that's awesome. Hashtag run 100. No, but it's, you know. You're I, on pace to crush I thought it, it was dude. in a day, man. I, never mind. I'm yeah. just kidding. That's well, so we're going to get impressive. Jesse Itzler on the podcast, <laughs> and he's done 100 in a day. We're going to, it's baby steps. Yeah. Baby steps to the, <laughs> to the treadmill. And now we'll get we'll get there, Josh. Give me some time, man. All right, fair enough. Uh, but hey, the cool thing is though is that when we we are seeking to be high performers in our life, and if you're going to be an entrepreneur that's going to get to the summit, that's really going to have the best adventure, then you got to learn how to perform at a higher level exponentially over time. How can I get better and better and better? And my company can follow. So I know what you're going to talk about. For me, we get fired up about it. And Chad's already got his questions lined up. Man, he's got a spreadsheet full of questions. He's probably got them alphabetized. <laughs> he's sort of. He's probably got a number right. in there somewhere. Right. He's got gonna, a formula. What's the formula going to be? Is it, I exactly. What's going right. to spit out? A million dollars right there. Is, he's gonna, yeah. There's going to be a bottom line to this somewhere is all I got right. to say. It's going to be in the black, not in the red. So, man, launch us into this. The five drivers of high performance. What is the first thing? Well, let me just real quickly before I share the first thing, share why these are important and how they got developed. We actually were at a place in our business where we were just super frustrated and not getting anywhere, no sales, no momentum. And we said, well, what are the things that business owners, in particular business owners, need in order to grow and to build a high, high growth performance? And there's a lot of other things other outside of these five areas, but these are like the higher level overview that usually if you're, if you're not where you want to be right now in your business, it's one of these five key areas is where you want to start looking normally, right? Awesome. Um, so the first one is actually a combination of two different drivers and it's purpose and vision. Um, and we see them as they're, they're separate concepts, but they kind of work well together. So I'll, we'll talk about them a little bit separately first, but like purpose is, is not a mission statement. And because everyone's mission statement, not everyone, but most people's mission statement sucks, frankly. It's, it's just something that they write down on a piece of paper and they don't do anything with it. They might have it on their website, but it's like jargon and you don't even know what it means. And it's like, how is that actually helping you with your business? And oh, I like, love to ask entrepreneurs and then ask their employees. Mm. Hey, what's your mission statement? Mm -hmm. it's, it's funny to me how many entrepreneurs don't know their mission. They probably got one, like you said, it's, it's on the wall somewhere or it's in a pamphlet. They have no idea what it is. And when they do, it's 17 paragraphs long. Right. It's like I right. couldn't, I, there's no way I can remember it. Right. Or it sounds the same as everyone else's vision. Yeah, or it says you know? nothing, right? And it says nothing. You're just like, okay, awesome, dude. You know, pat, pat yourself on the back. Um, so it's not that. It's, it's purpose for us is about the, the deep impact that you want to have either on your clients' lives or on the world as a whole. And, and we found and research shows that when you lead with purpose as a driving force, that, you know, there's this whole thing of lead and lag indicators, right? Purpose is almost like a lead indicator. So you, when you build your business around purpose, you make a lot more money. And then there's a lot of research that shows that. Uh, Jim uh, Collins of the uh, Good to Last, mm -hmm. and good, uh, wait, good Built to, to Last and Good to Great yeah, fame, yeah. right? I was like getting screwed up in my head. Um, found that, that purpose-driven companies as a whole outperform the market by 15 to 1. Wow. Um, so those companies that make their, you know, their entire business model almost built around their purpose. 15 to 1. 15 to 1. So to if one. you are not a purpose-driven business, you're leaving exponential amounts of growth on the table. Absolutely. We Absolutely. haven't even wow. completed a half of the first driver. He's already found the <laughs> bottom line. It's amazing. Well, it's huge. Okay, so, and, and this is what I shared earlier today, is that these are like, imagine all these drivers like a road trip, right? And you... In order to get from Athens to LA, you gotta you gotta have a car that's performing well, and you are the car, and your organization is the car. Purpose is like adding nitrous oxide into your fuel tank, or adding you know a lighter fluid to a fire. It's a catalyst for success. It's not absolutely essential to be to have a um, a, suc a successful business, but 
you know, you'd be a fool not to use it with considering uh, what we know about do the research on purpose. And it goes much more beyond financial performance too. It's also related to employee engagement. Um, it's also related to hiring and firing uh, decisions uh, because you want people on board who are in alignment with your overall purpose and who believe in, in the mission of what your organization does. And so, which really all comes back to better financial performance. Right, exactly. End. All right, so question here. Let's, let's unpack this a little bit. I'm a business owner. I went to school. I obtained a skill or a degree. I started a business in that industry. I work hard. I have a good reputation. I'm making some money. There is no purpose. There is nothing else other than I am going to work and going home and making decent money to support my family and my employees uh, are able to support their families. Uh, how do I find purpose? What do I do? I, do I quit my job and go out west for three months and uh, try to find myself and find my purpose? What? So it's a little different than, than like a life's purpose, right? Because okay. you can have a life's purpose, which is a, which is a great thing, and I encourage people to try to explore that and you know find the meaning that they want to give to the world as a whole. But a business purpose is a little bit more strategic and a little more tactical in the sense that it's, um, I'll give you an example. Uh, okay. So we worked with a local client uh, here, this is a while ago, who's a financial advisor, right? Mm -hmm. Doing well, like you said, a successful business, not hurting for money, do, you know, comfortable where she was. She went through the program and discovered that um, purpose often, often, but not always, ha uh, comes about from earlier struggles you might have experienced in life. That's one of the ways you can start looking for it that you would like to prevent other people from, from going through, right? Okay. And so maybe there was financial struggles that, that you, in her case, her family didn't have much money growing up and there was always that stress and that, that struggle around money. And um, you know, when she became a financial advisor, they all taught her that you need, to, um, you need to go after these big fish, people who already have money, right? Because it's better bang for your buck. She makes more money that way too, right? Sure. But, but when she went through sort of the purpose discovery questions, she realized that what she wanted to do more than going after those big fish was um, she wishes that someone had taken her parents by the hand when they were going through all that financial stress and struggle, some of it self-inflicted, and, and help them create more abundance, not only then, but to be more confident about their future later. So her purpose was, and, and this is where it becomes tactical and you can use it as a marketing device. Her purpose was to help people, average people, who might be struggling financially to create the wealth over over long term, and think about how that differentiates your firm if you're speaking that Absolutely. language, right? Like, we want to be the everyman's financial advisor, not not for the big, you know, the fat cats who already are, have a five million dollar net worth. You know, like those people don't don't really need my services as much as as the average person does. So, that's just a kind of an example. So, so finding out where you can provide value and give value yeah. and get fulfillment. That's yes. your business purpose. That's the direction to yes. start looking. Yes, the impact. Yeah, it's about the transformation, the impact you wanna have on people's lives. Um, how, how can I make a difference and provide value to my clients? Correct, correct. And if I'm able to do that, I'm gonna go home every day with a purpose and fulfillment for my business. Correct. Which means I'm gonna have more passion and I'm gonna have, I'm guessing, a vision here we're about to talk about yeah. and that's going to help me continue to grow my business. Correct. Yeah. I guess we can, we can pivot over into vision unless y'all wanted to say anything. Yeah. Else so I'd like to know what, the, what you define as the difference between, cause you, as you've grouped them together, mm -hmm. what's purpose, what's vision, how, how do they, how are they different? How are they aligned? Got it. So purpose is the impact. Like you go back to that, the impact that you want to have on the lives of your clients or on the world as a whole. Vision is a very clear, detailed picture of where you want to be, where, you know, where, what does success look and feel like for you, right? It's not a vision statement. You know, we've already talked about how those mission <laughs> and vision statements suck. It's, a, it's like written out. A really, like, you should be able to hand your vision to someone, and they should be able to read it and go, wow, that's amazing, and that's exciting, and I can put myself in that picture and really see myself there. That's how, like, tactile tactical or not tactical, but like, you know, how um, should be able to really feel it and it should drive emotions within you. Um, it can also include your purpose, which is, you know, hey, we've impacted, instead of set, setting financial goals per se, some companies have purpose-driven goals and they incorporate that as part of their vision. So they might say by uh, 2020, I want to 
do X impact the lives of 10,000 people and transform their lives. And they actually measure that. They measure, measure the results of whether they were able to do that, for example. Does that make sense? So it's, it, it's a goal, but it's, it's a purpose-driven goal, not a, and they know that if they do that, they'll make money, right? Because those people are going to become clients, right? So it's not like they're just sure doing it out of the goodness of their own heart, you know? The example we probably used a million times in this, when it comes to purpose and vision and the alignment of a social cause that goes with it, mm-hmm. being Tom's shoes. Yeah. Because it became huge, yeah. and it's like buying these, like, Shoes that offer no like support, you know, it's like a cloth shoe. It looks mm-hmm. kind of cool, mm-hmm. but people wanted to wear the shoes because they wanted to be a part of that cause. Right. It's like if I buy a pair of shoes, and there's some kid somewhere else in the world who doesn't have any shoes, he's going to mm-hmm. get some shoes. Totally. And I'm sure Tom's vision had a, well, you know, we want to put shoes on a million feet or whatever it may right. have been. Right. You know, the purpose yeah. and vision linked up together like that. Exactly. And, and here's the crazy thing that I've experienced uh, with some of the areas you're, you're talking about now, and I'm a work in progress. I still struggle in these areas. As a young entrepreneur, you fight so hard to make a profit, and you fight so hard to have enough money to survive and survive in your business. And then you get to the point where you finally are making money and you feel like, okay, financially I can survive and now everything says to exponentially grow don't think about the money i need to just go out there and be really good and serve people really well mm-hmm. and you'll be fine it goes again it's so hard as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. in that moment mm-hmm. because it goes against everything mm-hmm. you've built your business on mm-hmm. but as a numbers guy as a financial guy as somebody that focuses on numbers and bottom line I can vouch for the fact of taking this approach in your business changes everything. Mm -hmm. And it's such a worthwhile task and such uh, the mindset every entrepreneur needs to adapt to, but it's, it's so hard in the moment. It was so hard for me to realize that and so hard for me to accept that's the direction I had to start focusing and going in some of my businesses. Mm -hmm. And again, I still struggle with it now uh, because I am, uh, I navigate to the numbers and the bottom line and the financial aspect of business so much more than that side. But it's it, it it's hard to explain and it's hard to encourage younger entrepreneurs uh, to see this and, and to implement in their business because it's so foreign and so different than anything mm-hmm. they've ever experienced up to that point. It, it That's a perfect way of putting it. And it's, and it's hard to quantify sometimes. I mean, it's... Um, it, it's like, yeah, it's on, it's on blind... Trust right. me, yeah. do this right. it, and it's all going to work out. Do this and you're right. going to make a bunch of money. Do yeah. this and, and you're, you're going to have a, a business that's going to grow exponentially. And I can't tell you when or how or how much or what it looks like, but just trust me, just right. go down this path. Right. There's certain things that you just can't measure that, um, that you know are the right thing to do. And over time, you, you can't say, well, my purpose drove this alone because because usually people sure. who are purpose driven are also growing in other ways in their business and they're training their minds you know what i'm saying like they they're the type of people who are going to find a way to rise to the top no matter what right because sure. they have that growth mindset but um i'll tell you it's it's I, I i look at it like this we're in the digital marketing a lot space now with what we're doing if and uh you can send one email that's off brand right and that is that is not purpose driven that's salesy that's weird and alienate your entire email list from that one, you know, impression that they get of you. And you can't, how do you measure that? Like maybe you can see a few people unsubscribe or something because they're pissed off. You, the, people's emotions is really what drives them to become a customer and become a loyal customer, sure. right? And, Absolutely. And so if we're not acknowledging the emotional side of, of the, the business game, then, we're, then we're, we're looking at people and ourselves like we're robots, you know, which is not... You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. we look at our customers and ourselves and taking that for granted, and it's not like small touches of where you show people appreciation. Or you know what, what we call the impression of increase is making purpose tactical. So that means um, once you have a purpose statement, like a big piece of ours is like freedom, helping entrepreneurs create freedom. Well, we have to define that first too. But at any stage, you can say you can say how can we do this better? How can we give entrepreneurs more freedom? What kind of training and what kind of tools can we give them? So that makes it like a growth-based mission, right? Does that make sense? Um, but yeah, like I truly believe every business should be built to, to create word of mouth uh, referrals. That's the absolute best source of advertising and marketing because there's nothing, you know, 
trust is already built in with that relationship and you as a friend are saying this thing was amazing you have to go check it out and try it out and it's an entirely different relationship when someone comes to you from that point of view and if you're using purpose right in your business the right way you'll create so many more of those types of raising raving fans and customers that will allow your, over the long term your business to grow that is an interesting conversation because you're saying it and i'm here i'm sitting beside the serial cfo right right the numbers <laughs> guy yeah but we're talking about a successful business on paper has got numbers attached to it, mm -hmm. right? We're saying this business sure. is successful because it generated this amount of profit this year, or this business is successful because look at the stock prices, like they're going up, right? But ultimately, business isn't rational. Business is emotional. Mm -hmm. Even when you, if you buy the right stock and it goes up, it's emotional. You feel mm -hmm. like you're a winner. Right. You buy the wrong stock, it goes down. You're, you know what I'm saying? Like when I get a good deal, it's emotional because I think I got a good deal. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I bought this mm -hmm. for the best price. Mm -hmm. I'm somehow better now. Or if I go to a, a client that's just great with their purpose, the Chick-fil-A's out there, the Ritz-Carlton's, right. and I'm like, I feel like I got a good value. Whatever it may be, that, the tapping into the purpose part. We're all purpose-driven, man. Even, we when we're, even when we try to draw it down to the numbers and make it logical, it's still emotional for us. Now, quick question for you guys in your company. Yeah. What's your purpose and <laughs> vision? I knew you were going to ask me that. Um, I gave you time to think well, about it. Right. Well, we have um, we have we're in the process of revisiting our purpose and vision, which is what I recommend everyone do at least at least once a year. Um, it's not oh, something wow. you do every. It's not a set it and forget it. It's well, a, I mean, you, you I read I read our my vision, the long term vision of our company um, at least once a week. You know, it's awesome. Sometimes twice a week, and it's it's not super long because you don't want it to make you know you're not writing a novel here, but um, what was your question? Let me get back to it. Yes. Oh, what is ours? Your purpose and vision. So for our company, the words purpose, oh, sorry, the words, <laughs> our purpose is purpose. The words power and freedom mean a lot to us. Um, helping entrepreneurs become more powerful creators is really what's behind a lot of it. And, and some of that is by giving them the tools to create freedom. So freedom to me, and this is still a, a nascent, it's still a newer definition that we're exploring is is the ability to create life on your own terms right which is what we all dream about when when we become entrepreneurs sure but then the reality check comes in and says well this is a lot harder than i thought it was going to be like you talked about people aren't just going to line up outside of the door to, to to work with me i have to learn how to get myself out there i've got to learn marketing i've got to learn operations i've got to learn how to hire all these things that we're not taught you know <laughs> and so for us giving them that freedom to be and, and, the, and the, the tools to feel like they're powerful and they can go anywhere they want to with their business. And there's no limitation to what they can do with their business and realizing that the only limitation they put on themselves is what's in their mind, right? And that's something we can help them shift like this. So okay. um, that is an exciting thing for me is, is to help, you know, and then we talked about the trickle-down effect too of when you empower the leaders of an organization, it, it has a, you know, all, all, all ships rise on a rising tide type of thing effect and it, and it calls forth the best in everybody within that organization too so so from a purpose standpoint for from you guys you're giving entrepreneurs the tools to find freedom yes and then the vision for what your company's going and the emotional tie-in is that is that what you were describing as in hey the man the trickle-down effect we're impacting thousands if not tens of thousands of lives by yeah. helping these entrepreneurs find freedom in their lives yeah. and their business so big part of my vision is to be the go-to uh, category king of mindset for entrepreneurs. Okay. Um, so that is kind of hard to quantify, hard to measure, and that's competing against some really big names, you know, as you know, people who the Tony Robbins of the world and the Brendan Burchards. Um, I think some of our training is better than it not. I'm not going to claim I'm more successful than Tony Ro Tony Robbins and Brendan Burchard, or maybe that I'll ever be. But some of our training is is so successful because it deals with the root causes of behavior and it deals with the root causes of emotion and it can help people shift stuff that has kept them stuck for such a long time. Um, so yeah, I, 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 that is my goal is to become that for entrepreneurs with our learn your brain with our company. Um, so that anytime someone says, Hey, I'm having this problem, I'm dealing with imposter syndrome right now, or I'm struggling with procrastination. Um, someone says, Hey, you need to check out their them. 
learn your brain. That's my goal is to, to, to reach that level of market share in people's minds. I that, love that. That's awesome. And the, the freedom part, that rings so true to me. Uh, I think any entrepreneur that's been in business three plus years, uh, I think that three year to 10 year mark of yeah. freedom does not exist. Right. It's so interesting, uh, the mindset of owning your own business or being an entrepreneur, uh, the people that aren't in that space think, oh, your life must be awesome. You, you right. work for yourself, you right. make your own schedule. And you work all the time. time. Nights and vacations don't exist. Yeah. You straddle work and right. marriages and everything in between. First 10 years of my entrepreneurial life, my entrepreneurial adventure, I worked more to work less. Right. My whole goal with working was to become successful enough or make enough money or have enough staff, be able to afford enough tools to work less. Yep. And that freedom is such a big part. When in the end, the answer is taking a step back, changing right. your mindset, yeah. finding a different different approach to purpose and vision. And and for me now, I love what I do. I love working. I don't ever want to stop working. Mm -hmm. I've just found that mm -hmm. mindset and that change of being able to direct it in the direction I want to go and where I provide the most value, yeah. which is ironically where you make the most money. Absolutely. And then Absolutely. you look at big picture, exactly what you're talking about, the word of mouth. If you're really good at what you do, you serve people well, and you love doing it, you don't have to spend money on advertising. Exactly. You don't have to spend money exactly. on these things. Exactly. And so it somehow it ends it's up back at the bottom cycle, line. Right? It's wild. Exactly. It's a wild ride. It's amazing. It's yeah. really cool. Yeah, I love your purpose and vision that you have for your company because you're right. Like freedom is the word. Oh, it's it. Word. Most of us started our business Man. because we wanted freedom. Yep. I also think it's really funny. You got, this goes into the emotional aspect, Chad, that you're talking about and the stress. When someone who has a job tells me how stressful their job is. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. oh, really? I had a job and I started a company <laughs> at night right? and I didn't sleep ever. Yeah. So I got 40 people to pay on Friday. Yes, I don't have any money. Exactly <laughs> right. Don't talk to me about a stressful right. job, buddy. Right. Yeah. Right. The problems get magnified the bigger your business grows, but um, but so does your mental fortitude and so does your ability to figure it out, right? So Absolutely. Exactly right. Exactly yeah. right. kind of part of the, the journey. <laughs> so the first driver, driver 1A and driver 1B is purpose and vision. Yep. Take us to the second. Second one is belief. Okay. And this is also a very deep topic that I've kind of touched on for a second, but there's a lot of cliches about belief, you know, what you can only believe. I don't, know, I don't even want to get into cliches because I don't like to talk in cliches. I believe that if I double tap on an Instagram post that tells me I'm going to be a billionaire, that I'm going to be a billionaire. <laughs> That's my level of belief on uh, social media. I love those, by the those way. Those are I, just engage that tablet. I've yeah. always been tempted to do that, but I just like <laughs> I don't want someone to see that I've done that, you know, like, and be like, oh yeah, that's the, that's his business strategy. Good luck with that. He's got some solid mindset, <laughs> right? <laughs> but but belief is such an important topic, and I'll give an example. I was um, working with a guy recently who was a successful uh, network marketer, and. He's, he was at he was making twenty thousand dollars a month with with his business and his goal he was very ambitious his goal was to make a million dollars a month within the next six months <laughs> and I was like okay well that's adding some zeros and you know multiplying it by a factor that's Not, belief on steroids yeah right I don't want to doubt that but what he but he what he was struggling with is that he would have this pattern throughout his life that he would be successful for a while keep it going and then and then lose it right and never seemed to be able to, to sustain his success. And the belief that I helped him uncover was that he, he didn't deserve to be wildly successful, okay? And it seems like a silly thing, but he had seen his father do that growing up, right? He had seen his father start companies and be successful and then crash and be successful and then crash. So he internalized that pattern and believed that's just how you do things, right? And, and So when you say belief, yeah. you're not talking about belief in what you can be it's almost belief in what you can't be it's yeah. limiting belief yes. not believing you can be successful yes. or believing you can win it's the belief in the areas that are holding you back absolutely that's what we, interesting yes yes so yeah if you have a very strong foundation of belief in yourself on that macro level where you i believe i'm going to figure this out that will carry you so far and that's essential there's a lot of people who aren't who don't have that um, that don't have that belief for whatever reason, or they have very situational beliefs that come up that trip them up in their business, like if they're a new entrepreneur, for example, uh, fears around marketing and selling, for example, and hey, they're going to reject me, or what if I put myself out there and someone says something mean, you know, it's things like that that people don't consider beliefs, but they really are subconscious 
implicit beliefs that you can pinpoint, that you can identify, and that you can shift very quickly into empowering, empowered beliefs. So yeah, it, I hate to focus on the negative aspect of it, you know, with the belief, because it's, right. it's not just that, but that's where people struggle is with, you know, the, the self-worth sometimes even as deep as that, you know? Sure. So, so in your history and your experience, you see the biggest area of belief that hold people back is their negative beliefs, not mm-hmm. their lack of positive beliefs or not right. their lack of being able to believe they're going to be a billionaire. Right. It's the single pinpointed negative beliefs yep. that essentially cause them to sabotage yep. their direction or, or their business. And that keep them from achieving those other beliefs, right? Because That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, well, what we really talk about is there's a belief on two different levels of the brain, right? And this is the simplified version. You got the rational brain, which is the neocortex, the upper structures. Excuse me. So you might have a belief that I believe hard work is a virtue, right? These are the types of beliefs that you can you can articulate and you can say this is part of my belief system, right? But then there's a deeper level of belief that we call the emotional brain, belief on the emotional brain, which is largely subconscious, meaning you're not aware of it. And those are the ones that tend to drive our behavior because they're tied in with our emotions, right? So your emotion, this is the way we like to put it. Your rational brain beliefs are what you want to believe and want to choose. Your emotional brain beliefs are how you really believe and how you really feel. Does that make sense? It does. So if there's a gap between those two, um, like if this guy is saying, I want to make a million dollars a month, but he's, he's got a belief that says, I don't deserve to be wildly successful. That belief is going to win out because a nine times, a hundred times out of 10 until he changes it. Right. So that's just ingrained. That's a new math, right? (laughs) That's just ingrained in his behavior or. Right. It's, it's, it's an internal thermostat that is really an amazing thing because what happens with the emotional brain is we're not aware of it often. And he didn't even know why he was sabotaging. He didn't even know why he was doing this. It took us some, some exploring to figure it out. But anytime he felt like he was about to be wildly successful and things were about to take off, he would do something to sabotage it and like put, take the foot off the gas or, you know, just get comfortable because he didn't feel like he deserved it at a deep level. He didn't feel like he deserved to have that level of success. So it's a deep topic. It really is a deep topic. And, it's one of our favorite topics because there's a lot of nuance and a lot of subtlety to it. How do they identify this and mm-hmm. how do they fix it? Got it. Okay. So usually they show up in tasks that you avoid. Okay. Right. So we, when we look, when we work with someone, we look at the patterns in their life. We, you know, if it's a one-off thing, there's not necessarily a belief behind it. Like, Oh, I screwed this up, you know, but if you continue to self-sabotage in, in, in the same ways, or in predictable ways, there's a belief behind that that is causing it, or, or a set of beliefs. Sure. So it tends to show up with entrepreneurs and business owners in um, their self-talk. That's one, what's one to look. If you have a negative self-talk, perpetually negative self-talk, you probably have some strong negative beliefs about yourself that are causing that, those cognitions, that thinking to, be, to, to, can, to continue to recur. Um, it also shows up in, there is, like I said, certain tasks that you might avoid, um, things that are uncomfortable, Things that are um, that you know you need to do, but you find yourself not doing over and over again. That's a common, common, common pattern we see. Okay, so that's how you identify it. Yeah. How do you overcome it? Well, so I identify that uh, I feel overweight, yeah. and I don't want to go out and walk in the door and sell, or I don't want to go right. to the, this conference and meet with other people because I'm an introvert. What, whatever it may be, I have yeah. some sort of self confidence issue in how I look or how I sound, so yeah. I'm not selling my product, even yep. though it's a great product and a great business. Yeah. So, okay, I've identified that. How do I fix it? How do you fix it? So there's different tools you can use. Um, uh-huh. The key thing to understand, going back to the rational brain, emotional brain, is that you need to use tools that target the emotional brain and, and that change it at that deeper level. So what we do is not therapy uh, when we don't advertise ourselves as therapists, but there, there's some overlap in the sense of we're helping kind people. Kind of sounds like business therapy. Yeah. It, it is in some ways, yeah. yeah. But... A lot of talk there. I, I, I spoke with, I worked with someone who um, for f- had been through therapy for four years and didn't really make any progress. And what, and this is not to brag, but in one session with me, she said she, she was able to shift way more than in, than in four years of therapy. And it's because we use tools. I'll, I'll share one right now. Emotional freedom technique is our favorite one. It's, it's pretty, actually the steps of it are pretty easy. The hardest part about it, honestly, and this is the part most people get wrong, is in the discovery of it. Because you have to be able to you have to be able to bring it up to your conscious awareness the belief okay if you, if it stays subconscious and, and if it's and if you're not really sure what it is if you can't articulate it 
um, you can't change it. So really that's the hardest part um, is, and there's lots of different tools that you can use to discover it, but and it's scary for most of us to go try to find out. Right? Yeah. We got to dig through some baggage. Yeah. I actually don't even want to go deep into like, how do you shift it? Because um, we've got, we got free resources and tools that, that we share with people, but look up emotional freedom technique. There's, if you want to work with a coach or a therapist, RTT is another um, rapid transformation therapy is another mm -hmm. modality that works at the emotional brain level. There's several of them out there that are gaining traction now. So, um, so on the erase and replace, yeah, yeah. I got to find out somehow what's holding me back. Right? Yes. So how do we do it? How do you find it out? Yeah. Okay. Like, There's a lot of tools. Um, one of our favorite ones is something called sentence completion. And, um, Oh yeah. This is good. Remember this? Have we, have we yeah. talked about yeah, that? Yeah. 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 This is good. Yeah. Okay, so basically there's several sentence patterns you can use to figure this out, but all you're going to do is you're going to start a half of sentence and then, and then fill in the blanks with whatever pops into your head, right? You remember this from the program? I, I think uh -huh. we taught it, yeah. So, for example, um, I used to have a terrible, terrible time with anxiety anytime we brought on a new client, right? This was when I was still working with you too, right? This is how subconscious this stuff is. This is sure. my work, and I still struggle with... I still at the time struggled with stuff like that. And every, mm -hmm. every now and then something comes up for me too, but I know how to get rid of it. But anyways, I, and, and I, and I just couldn't fall asleep at night. I would be so anxious. And so my sentence, the sentence completion that I used was, I can't fall asleep because something as simple as that. And I, and I said, I can't fall asleep because, and the first thing that popped into my head was I'll let them down and they'll hate me. And that popped into my head and I knew it was the right thing. Cause my body like, it was like that surge of like, oh, yeah, that's it, you know, when you identify it. And it went back to an earlier time, like Josh mentioned, too. It doesn't really matter. Like I, when I felt like I let down my coaches and my wrestlers in high school and that they hated me. It wasn't the truth about what happened at the time. I, right. <laughs> sure. Most of the most of these limiting beliefs, the night, vast majority of them are not true, but we believe they're true. So. Anyway, something like sentence completion can be helpful. So it's just, I can't do this because, right? I can't call this person because, you know, they might get angry at me and, and they might hate me or, or they'll, they'll reject me and, I, and I'll be a reject, you know? Yeah. Um, so something as simple as that is a very simple exercise you can do to figure it out. Um, honestly, looking at the patterns is the best, is the best, uh, the best way to do it though. So, so you've identified the anxiety. Yep. Now, how do you replace it? Uh, I use the tool, the emotional freedom technique, which is the tapping. So, okay, um, yeah, yeah, you remember? I remember that, that too. Yeah, yeah. So they can find. We'll link to your website too. They can find you guys teaching about a lot of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, we have some site. free resources, free resources on our on our site that we don't need to go to deep on the onto the steps of it because there's a bunch of free information out there about the steps. Yeah, awesome. And the key part of the process is not the steps, right? There's a lot of different ways to do EFT, and there's a lot of different modalities. The key part of the process is discovery. I'm, I'm saying that from with 100. percent uh, certainty that it, it, you know if you do a surface level exploration of what the belief is you're not going to get great results with it you're not going to like get it at the root pull it up by the root like like you would a weed you know so you got to get down in the beginning and yeah you got to figure out unco unpack the real problem you exactly feel back the emotional like truth behind it was we call it what's the emotional truth behind this you know awesome so then Love shifting it. beliefs all right so we got purpose and vision yep we got beliefs you got to get your beliefs lined up yep what's the third driver their driver is we've already talked about some emotion. So okay, okay. Um, this is where it's slightly different than belief. We always recommend that that people have transformational tools in their toolkit to shift beliefs because if if you have continued problems with emotion, there's probably like a negative belief behind it. But also to do things, it's like taking yourself to a gym, right, and doing exercises like meditation, like guided visualizations, like. Um, uh, mindfulness type of things that train the upper parts of the brain, right? So that's actually working on the rational part of the brain. And, and there's a bunch of research that shows that emotional resilience is a key, key, key uh, skill. And I call it a skill because it's something that's easily trainable and easily developed with a little, with a little uh, application. But um, people who are more resilient and more positive sell way more than their peers, for example, because they don't let no's, you know, get them off their track. Uh, and actually on a brain level, when you're feeling happy and feeling uh, positive for any reason, you're, you, you got a, a brain boost and it actually temporarily makes you smarter. It makes you more productive. It makes you more present and centered. So there's a lot of research uh, on a brain level about why emotion is such an important thing and why developing 
just an unshakable foundation of positive emotion is, is, is essential for, for success long-term. So. And, and I assume this is like a snowball effect. Yeah. You, you get a little bit of positivity or a little bit of success exactly. or a little bit of strong mindset. Exactly. And a little bit of confidence and that exactly. builds a little bit more happiness and exactly. a little more brain boost and it just starts spiraling. 100%. And, 100%. Uh, that's, it's really cool how it starts small and can build uh, and completely change, I guess, mentally from a mindset standpoint, who you are, how you approach your business in your Absolutely. life Absolutely. a year down the road. That's Absolutely. really cool. Oh, man, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a cumulative effect. And the, the time that you spend working on this stuff is not time that you spend growing your business, obviously. Sure. Which is why a lot of business owners and entrepreneurs feel like they can't justify it and they can't do this stuff, right? I can't take busy. an hour a day to right. think about mindset when right. I've got pissed off clients and right. work exactly. to be done and exactly. bills to be paid. Yeah. Exactly. But what they don't realize is, is the busier you are and the crazier your life is, the more essential the more you that need stuff this. is. The more it is. Because it allows you to look at your world from a clear-eyed point of view instead of from a reactive point of view and it allows you to prioritize. It allows you to realize, oh, that problem's not really a problem. Why is it taking up so much mental space in my head? You know, like all sorts of benefits come from it. And so the entrepreneurs who convince them, let me, let me share this. Tim Ferriss. Yeah. Who, you know, Tim Ferriss podcast, he's interviewed, I don't know how many hundreds of, of high performers in their field. We're talking about like top, top performers in their field across all industries. He said that 90% of them have some kind of mindfulness or meditation practice every day. 90%. Um, they don't always call it that, but they do something that trains their mind every single day to be in a positive, a positive state. And they know the benefits of it. They know how it affects their performance at every, every level. So if that's not enough of an endorsement for it, I don't, I don't know what else is. Man, <laughs> in today's world where we consume so much more media, yeah. like you're weird if you don't consume media all the time, right? Mm -hmm. We got the, the TV's on all the time. The radio's on all the time. There's, there's just social media, it's just crazy the amount of stuff that comes our way. Mm -hmm. And the vast majority of our population, I'll speak here for the United States, gets into hysteria really quickly. Oh, yeah. They lose their emotional intelligence, oh, yeah. right? And so, man, it, it is for a high performer, you've gotta be guarded with your yeah. emotions. You have yeah. to protect that because you can easily get sucked into this vortex of whatever Problems, somebody's negativity. influencing you to think mm -hmm. about it and lose sight of your purpose and your vision, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. Your, your emotional intelligence is, is keeping you on purpose. It's yeah. keeping that vision in front of you. Yeah. It keeps your beliefs lined up. I know you can chat, and there's so many things you've done over the last 12 months that's just compounding off this. Like Absolutely. Your yeah. purpose and vision is getting bigger. Your be belief is getting bigger. Your ability to maintain and handle your emotions surrounding those things just keeps increasing in efficiency and effectiveness it's helped me a lot my, my mm -hmm. life has changed a lot over the last mm -hmm. 12 months because i associate with chad so much and seeing the positive momentum he's got yeah and like all right i'm just gonna spend more time talking to chad and yeah. it has and he, you've been able to see it and the thing even with as dumb as it is like choosing to run 100 miles in a month i don't even like to run <laughs> so so what you're saying here is you've i've had, had a, a positive life changing on impact on your life this year you've impacted my life I'm a mentor and you admire and and strive to be like me. Is You're not the meaning in my life, but you are an inspiration yes. <laughs> for you Chicago fans. I think there's I'm, a song I'm with that. Lapping this out up. This is great. Um, Can you all hug it out? Can I just see that? For, oh, it's COVID. It's COVID. Yeah, <laughs> We're yeah. six feet distance. Yeah. So. I'll tell you the biggest place in my life, you talk about beliefs and you talk about the snowball and the confidence and the brain boost and, and it just spreading to all areas for me I found that, and I guess it's different for everybody. You find that in different places of confidence and brain boost. For me, it was in fitness. Mm. I started a fitness regimen mm -hmm. or a routine, mm -hmm. and I committed to something, and I started accomplishing things and checking wins off my list every single day. That started stacking. That started building. My mindset changed, my positivity my beliefs and what I could do and uh, everything about it made, it got me in good shape, but that is a small piece of the puzzle. It changed my business, my emotional life, how I approach everything. The things I learned through my beliefs that I developed through fitness behaviors and habits spread like wildfire into everything I do. And, and and of all we're talking about, all these things I've learned and found value in in the last five years of changing how I approach business, but that one thing, that belief, and finding that confidence in those beliefs through fitness has had a bigger impact on my life personally and business than, than anything imaginable. So if I, if I could tell all our listeners one thing, it's 
find something you can commit to and yeah. win and build confidence. I don't care what it is. It doesn't even have to be work-related. Find it and do it yeah. every single Stick day, and it'll change your life. Yeah. It, My it best ideas. My best ideas come when I'm running. And it yeah. sucks because I can't write them down, man. Yeah. I'm scrambling with my phone, trying to do voice recordings, and I'm panting, you know. What are you doing There's on the emotional actually, side? How are you go, like, for I'm, you, like, yeah, roll into it. You're already there, man. I didn't even have to ask. Well, let me just share that there is research that proves that that's true, that better ideas come from, from, um, from like times when you're in the shower, for example. Sure. Your best ideas don't come when you're gnawing away at them and trying to like pound them into submission and trying to figure out the solution to the problem. Um, Burr, I gotta solve this problem. Right. It doesn't it right come now, from man. Yeah. I got, I got till four o'clock to solve this yeah. problem. Michael George probably playing in NBA Finals. He's like, you know what? <laughs> Space Jam. Right. I'm gonna do a cartoon. <laughs> Space Jam. <laughs> so <laughs> that's amazing. So it's not, it's not from those times. It's, it's because when you're in a, that really problem-solving mode, your brain is actually in a high beta state, which means your brain waves are really fast and uh, over-focused. And when you relax and meditate or run or get in the shower, your brain shifts into um, relaxed alpha and theta states, which are slower brain waves. But they're the, the, that's the state of mind that allows for creativity to come forth too. So that's why we recommend people do this kind of stuff too, because it has a direct impact on the quality of ideas that you produce. And yes, just wanted to add that exercise is one of those pillar type of rituals that uh, that we know from research has a carryover effect into multiple domains of life, not just not just physical fitness. It, it, it helps with so many, and there's a lot of brain level reasons that I won't get into behind that. But it's 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 a tremendous ritual and a tremendous tool to use if you want to up level just you know a bunch of areas of your life at once. Love it, so yeah. awesome. All right, I'm yeah. excited. Number four, driver number four. What driver you got number four is focus and productivity. Okay, and, focus. Um, focus. That's a tough one. Just the yes. word focus. Yeah. Man, so many, you, were, you alluded to this earlier. Phone we, calls, emails, right. social media, oh employees gosh. coming in and out, the phone ringing, oh my God, my wife calling. Exactly. It's All I heard you say was focus. I didn't even hear what the second word he said. I don't even know what. <laughs> yeah, it it doesn't matter. Focus yeah. in, I was like, Focus what? stresses <laughs> me out. I'm stressed about focus. <laughs> that small anxiety attack over here for a second. <laughs> I truly believe we live in the most distracted time of any time in human history. I mean, just there's the, the, the amount of distractions that are available to us um, you, then you add the fact on if you're a business owner that you have a bajillion things that you're working on at any given time and you have employees who come and barge in when they know they're not supposed to or maybe you haven't trained them right or whatever. But Wow, that was a subtle deal. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, about cutting your eyes. Well, <laughs> Apparently yeah. you remember from five years ago as well. <laughs> Same problems, different days. I'm saying we see that often with business owners is that they don't, they don't put enough boundaries around their time and they don't have enough rituals around when they get focused to work done and their employees nine times out of 10, they think there's an emergency. That's not an emergency. And so, and I'm pissed off. My employees are bothering me, but I hadn't asked my employees not to bother me. I just expect them to understand. They're not supposed right. to bother me. And a lot of people do it because they want to be available for their employees. They sure. don't want to be like that, you know, that guy who's just like, Oh, I don't have time for you. But protecting your focus as an entrepreneur is essential. And I've learned this lesson recently, the hard way too, in terms of, you know, getting, Small things that pull you off track, those things add up, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, a, it's a work in progress for everybody because it's so easy to get distracted these days. Um, but it's an essential skill. And again, I'm calling it a skill because it is. It's something you can develop. Meditation and mindfulness and exercise actually helps you be, be, be more focused throughout the day. There's research that shows that. But um, the way we teach focus is two things. Uh, productivity is really about, the first thing is prioritizing, right? Figuring out what do I need to work on to move my business forward? What's the absolute highest, most essential task that I can do right now, given the stage my business is in and given what my long-term vision is? That's prioritization, right? And once you figure that out, and that's a, that's a, there's a whole art and science behind that. Man, that's such a tough thing for entrepreneurs. It, it is. There's always something that's on fire, right? Exactly. And being exactly. Able, Chad's really good about letting it burn. <laughs> it really that's is. good. It's Sometimes you need set. to. It took a long time. I'm 20 years into this thing. Yeah. Still struggle with it. But yeah, you're right. I call the fire department. Huh? But, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah, right. Like, Building's uh, printed My phone number is not 911. Yeah. Do not call me. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I, so that in itself is difficult. Um, especially since there's not a playbook for the most part for entrepreneurship that's step by step where it says do this, do this, do this. A lot of this is stuff we have to figure out on our own or with mentors and coaches and guides, you know, or books, you know. Um, the second piece to it is 
once you know what the most important thing is, how do you structure your time and your energy so that you're getting the most important stuff done and that you're being efficient at what you get done? Man, I love that you didn't say, you didn't just say how to focus your time. It's not. Just focus right. your time and your energy. Because right. there's a lot that goes into that. Man, growing up the way I grew up, we I never understood this. This was never explained to me. I just don't think my culture taught it. But when you're managing your energy, physical exercise, yep. the food you put in your body, these are all things that Absolutely. help you influence how much energy that you Absolutely. have. So it's not just like you need to do this from two, two to three. It's like, well, man, if you got this from two to three, maybe your lunch should yep. be this today yep. versus, you know, the number one from Chick-fil-A. That situational awareness type of thing. Yeah. Absolutely, because it's managing your energy. It is. And most people don't teach that for some reason, but we think that we – the biggest the biggest mistake entrepreneurs and business owners make – related to that is they look at their day as a marathon right they try to just keep going and going and going and going and then maybe taking little bathroom breaks here and there but they grind to a halt that way it's a fast road to burnout and it's not the most productive way to approach your day too because you're not you, you know at a certain you, you reach diminishing returns after anywhere from 45 minutes of concentrated focus up to 90 minutes depending on what how difficult the task is for your brain right if you're writing and doing some like really brain hungry stuff you probably have about 45 minutes of, of good production before you start to just like downgrade. And, and that's, I remember that from five years ago. That's yeah. one of the biggest pieces I, I came away from our boot camp yep. with. I would make a cup of coffee and I would sit down for four hours and I would just yeah. physically force myself to hammer out work. Yeah. And yeah. after the boot camp, you help me understand hey, man, you got 45, maybe 90 minutes. Uh, of productive behavior uh, of focusing and you got to take a break you can't perform at a high level uh, for for those four or five eight hour periods of time without taking some 15 20 minute breaks walk around stretch exactly do some little shoulder exercise yeah Uh, yeah. if you've been stationary sitting or standing go go move that's absolutely the best thing there's there's research that shows that too if you walk for six to seven minutes even um, it will, you, you, the quality, you'll have 60% better ideas and more creative ideas. 60%. 60%. That's amazing. I remember too, again, and I think most entrepreneurs get hung up in this. You spend your whole day putting out fires. You spend right. your whole day just dealing with in the weeds. Yeah. It, and part of what we worked on uh, in our class was, okay, let's identify those high value things. For me, yeah. it was, man, I got 12 hours of work. I'm trying to cram in 10 hours and it right. never stops and I'm right. good at what I do. So I keep getting busier and my God, I got more clients what I do. And you were easily able to see through the weeds and say, hey man, why don't you just hire other people? And I'm like, I do need to hire other people. And you were like, well, how many, how much time per day are you allocating to hire more people? And I'm like, I'm not, I'm too busy. It's mm-hmm. like, okay, that's a, that's a high value item. Take when are you most effective? And I was like, I'm most effective in the mornings, you know, from eight to nine or for, uh, I perform at a higher level. It's like, all right, eight to nine every day, work on hiring people. Yeah. That's all you do. Right. And that's how simple it, I came away with that focus uh, of, okay, from eight to nine o'clock, that's a high value item. I'm going to focus on hiring people. And that was way better advice than I gave him at the time. (laughs) He said the same thing to me and I was like, just stop, Brent, just stop. So that was, you know, like, there, there's easier ways to make money. Just can all that stuff. Stop, do something else. <laughs> Don't work that yeah, hard. There's times when you want to just, right, when you realize, hey, what am I doing this for? Like, you know, sure. cut your losses. But you had a bigger vision of wanting to to expand it and to, right? Sure, to absolutely. Grow, to continue growing your business yeah. beyond yourself and beyond what you were capable of doing. And so that's a difficult that's a difficult process, uh, you know, is figuring out when to hire and who to hire and at what, what level of, role are they going to have that that's a whole well i can tell you from experience again i'm a numbers guy it's all return on investment it's all spending uh versus revenue and uh i have these made-up formulas in my head of when i hire and how i Mm -hmm. hire and i want to hire too soon i I don't want to ever go backwards in profit this Mm -hmm. and that the Mm -hmm. other Mm -hmm. Uh, never hired somebody and and after the fact thought it was too soon Mm. it always it always seems to wait way too late. I'm yeah. like, man, I wish I'd have done this two years ago. I wish I'd have done this a year ago. Yeah. Wow, I should have hired two people instead of one. I mean, it, as an entrepreneur, I fight the expense and the urge yeah. and the bottom line impact of hiring somebody, but it has always worked out in my favor yeah. mentally, physically, yeah. financially, everything about it. Because it huh. helps you focus and you become more productive. Well, it's, it's opportunity cost, right? It's like a lot of entrepreneurs don't understand that. Like, if you spend this time doing this work that someone else could be doing, or a system could be doing or whatever, 
that's time that you can't spend doing something else in your business. Mm -hmm. You can't get that time back. You can't do two things at once. People who try to multitask, by the way, is the second big mistake. You can't do that, right? Just focus on one thing at a time. But you can either do taxes or you can buy fruit. <laughs> you gotta do one or the well, other. Well, right, right, right. Like, I love it. You delegate somebody by that. And it's sometimes when we work with people who who haven't gone through that progression before of being a solopreneur to hiring employees and realizing what role does their business need them to be, right, for mm -hmm. it to grow. And that changes, you know, on a month-to-month -month basis sometimes. Yeah. If, if you're growing fast. Sometimes your role is not to be doing the, the things in the weeds. Sometimes your role is to be training people or creating the system or hiring people or getting rid of that task in the first place or whatever it is. You know, it's like having that situational awareness comes with experience and but also certain frameworks that you can understand. Opportunity cost is the big thing, man. A lot of people just don't understand how to apply that to their businesses. Man, when you go back though, so let's, let's say you're talking to an entrepreneur that needs to hire somebody and they're struggling with yeah. the decision of doing it and how to do it and all that stuff. You just take it back down. Mm -hmm to the first draw, all right, well, what's your purpose and vision? Right. You know, like, is there something holding you back from a belief standpoint from doing like, is it, maybe I feel like I'm gonna hire the wrong person or what if I hire him, I can't afford sure. him. The oh, emotional yeah. intelligence P, I mean, you know what I'm yeah. saying? You just go back to the back to the first three drivers, build back up to the fourth, mm -hmm. right? It's like, would this help you become right. more focused, become more productive to get to your vision faster, to fulfill exactly. your purpose? You know what I'm saying? It's just all these go together. It all so goes well. together. And, and, and honestly, there are some people who don't want to have employees. And this is, it's a foreign concept for me because like I'm always like scale and go go bigger sure. and, you know like but there's some people whose vision for their business is just to make a good living by themselves and do that they'll never be able to make huge amounts of money that way if that's or have huge amounts of impact that way because they're they're inherently limiting self that business model but that's fine with me if that's your vision that's yeah. cool but so the vast majority of business owners if yeah. that person's listening right now yeah and they don't want to change they don't want to level up and this isn't the right podcast for that person. Was they need to go in <laughs> and change it? That's a good this point. Is, they change. Well, they listen to the solopreneur podcast and just roll with the solopreneur adventure. It's gonna be a short adventure, yeah. That's gonna be yes. <laughs> right. Episode two: burnout. What do you do with it? <laughs> yeah, They'll probably live a long, point. healthy life. Who wants that? <laughs> 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 All right, Josh, bring it all home for us. Home. Bring that's it fine. together. The fifth item. What do you got for us? Probably my favorite one, which is rituals. Um, Rituals. Rituals yes. is a fancy word for habits, right? And yep. it's basically all the stuff we talked about you can make into a ritual. We'll put it that way. There, rituals is such a flexible concept in our in our company, the way we teach it. It's not about ritual slaughter of lambs or no. It's not about like <laughs> what a lot of people think. Right, rituals. rituals. Ooh. Yeah, right. <laughs> It's it's like a. It's I rub my rabbit's foot at ten, two, and four every day. Right. That's not what we're talking hey, about. Man, if that works for you, then keep doing it. It's how <laughs> I manage my energy. It's right. right. I it's count works. my money at midnight every. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably more true than a rabbit's foot. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say. I was like, one of those things was a lie, one of them was the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so let me give you a crazy example. Doesn't take very long. I get to bed early. <laughs> <Go ahead>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so people, someone you know, Laura Whitaker, right? Very successful. Um, she shared in, in our boot camp that one of her rituals was, so you always create a ritual because you want more of something or you want less stress or something like that. You want, you want to improve some aspect of your life or your business, right? So she was realizing that she was just so busy and had so many things going on and that she would mentally sort of take her work home, work stuff home, right? And it was, it was kind of hard for her to be present with her kids sometimes because she just had so many, you know, so many things to work on. So she created a ritual. This is, this is how interesting this concept can be that every every um day when she drives home from work she passes by the same mailbox she, she goes through her neighborhood and she mentally opens up someone's mailbox right not her own um and puts like all the stuff all the projects that she has that are work related into that mailbox right um she's oh, got wow. some, she's got some calls from people and they're like well, what is this you know <laughs> esp's vision and yeah goals but um it's like a container exercise, right? She she finds a container to put all the stuff she's worried about, and then she drives home and she finds herself way more able to be present for her kids because she's put it in that mailbox. And then when she drives by the mailbox in the morning to go to work, she picks it back up 
and says, okay, what do I want to think about? And it's like it's like shifting work mode and it doesn't even have to be mode. a physical ritual. Yeah. Right, exactly. It can be a mental That's exercise exactly. or a mental ritual. I think exactly. about all rituals being me like too. I'm like that you do physically. I got to get up at 4:30 a.m. Right, yeah. I got to do this. Exactly. Like, yeah. Those are rituals too, but but. It's a pretty broad concept. Is what do you need to do in order to, to achieve whatever you want in your life, right? That's awesome. On a behavioral yeah. level. And for her, that was, she had actually created that before our, our training. And I said, I love that example because that's a ritual. You know, it's not, this, it's not the exercise every single day. That's a great ritual too. And I encourage that. But rituals is a broader concept. It could be uh, weekly team meetings, you know, with your employees where you go over challenges and you, and you talk through, hey, what are some systems? What are some ideas that you have that we can, used to solve these challenges. That's a ritual. You know, it's a once a week thing, but a ritual is just something you do on a regular basis that gets you some kind of result that you want in your life, right? Whether it's more productivity, more money, more, you know, sleep. That's that's the one I've been working on. Getting getting eight hours of sleep every night. And it's been it's made a huge impact on my on everything in our business re- recently. So so your ritual is getting eight hours of sleep every night. Yeah. And with that you probably got to tack on some smaller rituals like no screen time after yeah, yeah, this exactly. time. No exactly. caffeine after this exactly. time. Exactly. So it creates other parts of your life that has to change exactly. in order to you fulfill that ritual every day. Exactly, exactly. There's a there's a way of engineering your behavior so that you can stick the ritual. Setting right. yourself up for success. Exactly. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and I love James Clear's book. Um, yes, man. He talks about stacking habits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and Josh, before that book ever came out, I remember you and I talking about yeah. this where you were saying that you were working to create the habit mm-hmm. of waking up at a certain time mm-hmm. and you're struggling. And then you realize, well, I'm struggling because I'm not going to bed on time. So exactly. you backed it up yep. and you made the ritual. Let's focus the ritual on this. I got to go to bed. Let me set a reminder. Let's tell me I need to go to sleep at exactly. this time because then it's easier for me to hit the next step of what I really want to accomplish, exactly. which is to wake up earlier. Right. And have more energy and have more. And, and to, when you, the key part of the, the ritual process is identifying what that pillar ritual is. Right. And so it's, it's, not, it's not always obvious. Sometimes it's not always clear on a behavioral level what I need to do in order to get this result. Um, and so sometimes it takes a little trial and error. But, um, you know, I know that when I wake up rested, that I exercise and that I make that a priority. I know that if I'm tired, I don't exercise as much. Um, or my exercise, I don't make any progress in my exercise, you know, because I'm just, my sure. body is physically tired. So the, it's kind of like finding that little pebble that you throw into the pond that creates that ripple effect. That's what the pillar ritual is that you're looking for, is that little pebble that's going to give you a burst of momentum and progress in different areas of your life. Let's bring this whole podcast home and put it together for somebody like me. We started this conversation talking about a 15 to 1 ratio of impact. I got a million-dollar company. I do these five things. I'm going to have a $15 million company. That's what you're telling me here. Um. Yeah. I mean, I, the, the, the <laughs> love yeah, it. Yeah, love it. Great answer. commitment. Yes. There's so much purpose and vision in that. Well, I, I mean, it, <laughs> the devil's in the details, right? With how you implement stuff. What I'm saying is to reach the you next level. You mean I got to put some work into it as well? <laughs> yeah. As right. Time. Just, if you write those five things down, I guarantee you'll make you know fifteen million dollars and double by, tap by here next Saturday. I love it. Um, I no, love it's, it. It's <laughs> no, I do truly believe. The growth. I, I'm being funny, but right. I do truly believe. You write these things down, you do these things, you change your life and your business in these yeah. ways, 10, 15 years from now, you will grow your business. Oh, absolutely. And, 15 and, times experience. And anytime no you're doubt. looking to go to that next level, it's, it's within one of these five areas that you need to start sure. looking, right? So like, it could be, what am I focusing on, right? Am I working on, am I, am, am I prioritizing the right things? Am I working on these high level, like if, if you, let me put it this way. If you need to, if you want to 15X your company, it doesn't take 15X workload right because that's right. impossible for us entrepreneurs we might be working 50 60 70 hours how are you that's why i don't agree with grant cardone with the 10x rule like just work 10 times harder no that's not that's not right you work 10 times make a lot of money and die real quick. exactly and there are people who have done that big famous people sure. who have done that um passed away like in their 50s because they just had heart attacks and they physically mm-hmm. burned out right um but it doesn't take 10x effort it takes maybe 10x thinking and it takes also working in a different way than, than you might have done and developing different skills than you might have. The whole Marshall Goldsmith book, I love his title, What Got You Here Won't Get You There, right? Love it. It takes yeah. adaptability and figuring out what the next step is for your business and that gets into focus and productivity, right? So Absolutely. And all your entrepreneurs at home listening to this, I get it. I know how impossible this sounds. I've been there. Yeah. I know the 10, the 12 hours of workload a day. I know 
you want to serve your clients and they have needs and you're trying to fulfill those needs. It's so hard to wrap your mind around taking an hour or two hours a day to focus on these things. It seems impossible, but if you do it, everything gets easier. I, I, I don't know how to describe it. I don't understand how it works, but it, it freaking does. Mm-hmm. It's worked for me in multiple businesses and multiple stages of entrepreneur life. You can't even find the time to eat dinner most nights. Right. But if you can find the time to put these five things into play, it will change your life. You will work less. You will make more money. I don't understand it. It just works. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing. Wow, that's cool. That's cool. It's cool to hear you say that. Yeah, it's it's powerful stuff. We've, we've it really sh- is. Yeah. shared it with companies that are in the seven and eight figure level, and they found ways to grow within those within that framework of those five sure. things too, because it's all about improving, right? Improving on what they're already doing. So. Man, once you go through that cycle of five, because it's not right. Like one, the next is like down. It's a circle mm-hmm. because you get right. better and better and better exactly. and better. Like you can believe more. You can get stronger emotionally. When you got these rituals that are making you better, exactly. like your belief will naturally increase. The things exactly. go, it's, it's, a, it's an awesome circle and cycle. And again, Chad, I did mention this earlier, but me and Chad consistently challenge each other with things. And he challenged me on this on a goal I had recently, and it made me step up the level of my goal. And so the circle of achievement, I'm not going to get into the Elton John circle of life here. Let me pause here. Yeah. Talk about stepping up. Will you please remove your hat for the guests? Oh, yeah, Josh, just to... Just for you today, my friend. Did you? Uh, oh, nice. It's yeah, a very I can understand why you have that hat on. For all <laughs> of you listening today, That's Josh amazing. has a full-blown mohawk. Little baby mohawk. Check out Entrepreneur Adventure on Instagram. Josh's mohawk live and so, in person. There's got to be a story behind that. I showed up to this uh, about an hour ago. Really? I'm 39 years old, and this is one of the things I wanted to do. By the time I was 40, bucket list items, I got it. I started started losing my hair. It was now or never. I got the mohawk. Mm -hmm. Josh, man, thank you so much. For sure. For sharing with us today. Yeah. Five drivers of high performance. Uh, Chad, we'll do a haircut with you later. It'll be awesome. But uh, Chad, any any final words from you? I cannot recommend this content uh, enough to everyone. Uh, Josh provides a ton of resources online. Tell us where we can find you at uh, Instagram, Facebook, website, all that good stuff. Learn Your Brain is our company name. And um, that kind of rhymes. And uh, yeah, learnyourbrain.com is our website. Uh, Facebook is Learn Your Brain. Instagram, Learn Your Brain. We made it pretty uh, pretty easy to find us. Uh, also, I, I, I share I share a lot of uh, content on my personal profile on Facebook that's business related too. And so if you're a listener and you resonated with this and you want to kind of get some more free training, feel free to add me and tell me that you, you know, you found me from the podcast. I'm awesome. That's Josh Matthews Morgan, everybody. M squared as we call him around M here. Yep. Uh, enjoyed having you today, man. It's been an awesome podcast and uh, brings a lot of things back up to the forefront that we talked about five years ago. Sure. Uh, thanks for joining us. So happy to be here guys. You're, you're, you're doing something awesome here. And I'm really, um, I'm really proud of you guys for all, all that you built. It's amazing. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Entrepreneur Adventure. If you enjoyed today's conversation, please be sure to like and subscribe to The Entrepreneur Adventure wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check us out on the web at www.theentrepreneuradventure.com and follow us on Facebook and Instagram as well. And remember, The Entrepreneur Adventure does not have to be traveled alone, but is a journey to be shared. We'll catch you next time on Entrepreneur Adventure, where we give you the tools to climb higher and faster than ever before.